First Timothy. As we come, uh, and we'll be in chapter 2, First Timothy, chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. As we come into a time of election, we, we think about, uh, I guess you can't help but think, if you're, depending on what part, if you watch TV or depending on how you listen to the radio or what you do is, things and talks of elections are everywhere, uh, whether you want them to be or not, and, and you have all kinds of, you, uh, you have mail coming that has all kinds of flyers and promotions and people wanting you to vote for them or people asking you for money. So as we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I want to contemplate and think about our role as it has to do a little bit with our government and our leaders. Nothing too exhaustive, but something to consider. And we think about even our church leaders or denominational leaders. We can think about that too. But it, puts, it helps us to think of things in concept. And we think about our, our needs of prayer and, and the value of prayer, which we've preached about in the last few weeks as well. So in 1 Corinthians, excuse me, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. Therefore, I exhort, first of all, that supplication, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. That means everybody. For kings and all who are in authority, and that, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. May God have his blessing to the reading of his word. I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. So we, we think about this, that our need of praying for every other people around us. But also for kings and all who are in authority... that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and reverence. We think about the influences. Now, we pray for all men. We pray for, when it says all men there, it means everybody, mankind. That's the way I would read that. That supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks... It's pleading, it's praying on the behalf of, it's being thankful, but for everyone. But it includes, in verse 2, for kings and all who are in authority, that we, we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and reverence. And that word reverence there could also mean dignity. But you think about it, if you include all the different people that influence your life and have that ability to influence your daily life, you might think of the people around you, you might think of family, but you think about your neighbors, and you think about your neighborhoods, but there's clearly an impact that kings and those in authority have. Now, we don't have, per se, king in our particular country. But verse 2, it says, for kings and all who are in authority... At that time, if they weren't having the control of who their leaders were. And sometimes you don't feel like maybe we have control of who our 
leaders are. We vote. And depending on which side of the political sphere you are, you might feel like you don't have an influence there, or maybe you can't pick, but at this time there wasn't anybody. It was the king was the king. And so the instruction was to pray for them so that you might have a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and reverence. So we pray for those around us that we can have a quiet and peaceful life and live in godly, a, a godly type environment. Let's see. Let's check it here again. A peaceful life in all godliness and reverence, in all, in all dignity. We can't, if you expect everything to go well about you, you need the influence of God to help you live that quiet and peaceful life living in godliness and dignity. It's clear that our leaders would have an influence on that. It's clear that our neighbors around us would have an influence on that. It's clear that the different people that we come in contact with would have an influence on that. It's clear that our bosses would have an influence on that in the places that we work. And you can't necessarily pick your boss. You kind of can if you accept the job. But sometimes you're in a job, and depending on what's going on, somebody says, well, if you don't like that job, just quit and go someplace else. Well... That's easier said than done. There's a lots of impact. There's a lots of change. There's lots of unknowns. And so you need to be in prayer for that boss and you, those people in leadership, and you need to do the same for those that are in authority over you as far as in the government. But I think as we would pray for those in, those in authority and those in, that are over us, that we might live peacefully and, and uh, that we might have live in dignity and, and godliness. And I think by implication it makes sense that as we go to pick people to go be in those positions of authority, as we go to vote, you know, it would be a shame if you have the opportunity to ha- be an influence and be salt and life to the, uh, to the earth that, Salt and life, you know, adding that flavor and adding that influence to those society around you. It'd be a shame that if you had that opportunity, which we do in voting, that you would neglect that. I mean, we're asked to pray that we might have these peacefulness, live in godliness, and with dignity. It would, it would just be a shame. It would seem that if we are to pray, it would seem that we'd be some level of engagement if we have the opportunity also to vote and to select that we also be in prayer for our voting. One, that we would engage in it, and two, that we would be prayerful as we elect those leaders, and that if we're praying for those around us and praying for those in leadership and those kings and things that we have an opportunity to pray for, an opportunity to vote for, that we not only pray for them so that we might have peacefulness, live in dignity and godliness, that we would select the people that God would have us select in order that we could have peacefulness, godliness, and live in dignity. Wouldn't that just seem to make sense that that's all part of it? And so then we go and we vote accordingly. 
So the admonition here is, is not profound so much as that it's, it's this awareness that we need to do it. Because he says in verse 5, 4, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. First of all, it says, for he desires all men to be saved, again, all mankind to be saved. For some that would say he only wants some to be saved, that he only chooses and predestines certain ones to be saved. Very difficult to align that with this kind of verse that says, desires all to be saved. So God wants everyone to be saved. And to come to the knowledge of, of the truth and to come to the knowledge come to the knowledge of the truth not the knowledge of a truth the knowledge of the truth so it makes sense that you would want an environment that you would want a society that is conducive to coming to Two things. One is all men that they might be saved and also that they would come to the knowledge of the truth. So as we would vote and as we would pray, we want to pray not only, we want to pray for our leaders and just pray in general. I think there's the concepts that we see there are, are we, that we should pray for their salvation, pray that they come to the knowledge of the truth, and pray that our society might be able to live in peace and godliness. And then that should guide your voting. As we go into voting, some people will give you a sheet and and things, and it's, a, it's a, a, a voter guidance or a vote guide or something on who sh you should vote for and why. But as we make those decisions, we need to enter those things prayerfully. Sometimes there are, in, uh, there are things that come up in our state governments that we get to pick uh, actual laws or constitutional amendments or things like that. We want to be prayerful about those, and we need to think about these in concept in concept to scripture. In concept to scripture, again, to that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and reverence and in dignity. We have to, as Christians, and be, to be careful that we don't elevate the Constitution of the United States above the Bible. Some people will do that. Some people will lift their patriotism above their Christianity. It's the other way around. And so we want to rely on Scripture. So as we pray, as we uh, act, as we engage, we want to think about our choices in that, that realm of things, that it's supportive, that it's, that it's uh, conducive to the opportunity for people to get saved and to live in these in a godly environment. If you think about some of the destructions and places where things run rampant, 
and we get into uh, uh, places where we go and we think, can I take children safely there? Can I take young adults safely there? Can I take uh, teenagers safely there? So that they will be influenced and what they'll be exposed to will lead towards a peacefulness, a godliness, a, a, a dignity. Those are the things that we need to, to think about as we vote and as we pray for our leaders. Not that they would follow the Constitution. It's not about the Constitution. It's about that they would follow Scripture. And that the schools and the, the society and the athletics and the activities and the clubs that we're engaged with and have leaders in would be conducive to people coming to the knowledge of the truth. We get caught up in this concern of, well, we need this equal time. And sometimes we're fighting for at least equal time. But in fairness, I think we want to do and lean towards those things that are more conducive to the knowledge of the truth. I don't know that we have to be fair to things that lead to perversion. I don't think we have to be fair to things that lead towards confusion and away from the knowledge of truth. In our prayer life, if we think about things that we don't like and we, we don't like in government, whether at the federal or the state or the local level, it kind of speaks to us and says, well, did I pray for that? Did I pray for them? Did I pray for about, you know, when I go to do my complaining, did I remember to pray about that? You can think about it in your, in your church leadership, in your denominational leadership. When we think about things that we don't like, did we, did we pray about that? Did we ask God to influence that? Did we at least give equal time? This has given me some pause as I th I've thought about this message a little bit. It's, if I see things I don't like, have I taken them to God? Because when we take them to God and we pray about that, it does a, a couple things, doesn't it? One, we've talked about the power of prayer to fight in this fight that we, there's this battle, you know, and fight against principalities and powers in high places. And we preached about that within the last month, I think, or close to it. If we're engaging in that, that battle and and in the, in the sermon that we talked about, this the influence it has over the kings of, uh, we talked about Greece and we talked about Persia, I believe. If we're praying about that, should we want God to have that same influence and that battle go on in our leadership places and, and they be influenced to do the things that God wants them to do? So when we don't like what we're doing, are we, are we engaging in that spiritual battle and calling on the most powerful God to do something about it? probably got more benefit than just uh, an influence than some other places that we might complain. But then we think about then is, is did we engage in the voting process to put those people in place? Were we prayerful about that? 
And then thirdly, then, did when we selected those people, did we think about, are we picking people because of a party affiliation? Are we picking, uh, picking people because of a constitutional affiliation? Are we picking people because that's who God asked us to pick and put in place? And will it lead to an environment that is a place of peace? A place more conducive to godliness? A place more conducive to people coming to the knowledge of the truth. A place of more likely to have dignity. And so as we would go into the, go into the voting booths, which, how can we be salt and light of the earth that we're supposed to add salt to add that flavor to the earth if we're not even engaged in adding that flavoring to the people that are in power? We have a great opportunity to be able to vote and, and to influence our society, not like where they were dealing with the kings and emperors and things like that that they had no control over, but yet they were supposed to pray about them, pray for them. But we have a great opportunity, a great responsibility to have those influences, and then we don't go and take and participate in it. And some of us might say, oh, I don't want to engage in all that stuff because it's all, they're all liars, they're all this, they're all that. And it's like, well, how would God have you engage? God can help us pick who he would have to be in there because he has used kings and leaders to accomplish his will even in ways maybe they didn't want him to. But do we appeal to God, or do we just complain? Do we appeal to God and engage in the process to form that and help form that society that's more conducive to peace and dignity and leading people to Christ and to the knowledge of the truth? Because when you go in other places in the world, you might not even get the opportunities to witness. Some of that is is cut back and it's getting, and there's those kinds of, of violences and, and, and the radio and the opportunity to speak might not be there. Even places like North Korea or something, they're going to worship and think that Kim Jong-un is a god of some sort. Just like in the times of Hitler, they, they were at prayers and things that aligned with Hitler. We have an opportunity. It gives us a responsibility. So as you think about all these, thing, all these things that are going into politics, recognize it does affect your daily life. And not only your daily life, but the opportunity of your children, whether it be adult or young, or your grandchildren, or your future spouse, or whoever it might be. It affects those things, so you should be engaged. And if engaged, the Almighty God is the person that you want, who you would want to engage with and be in prayer to influence that. should guide you in your voting, and you definitely should be engaged in the voting. Don't disengage. It's like, oh, it's just a, but engage. Be that salt and light to your community and to those that are around you. But in the, your discourses and in your discussion, 
your alignment still should be the scripture, and the way that you conduct yourself should be still in character of the Most High God, that you should be responding and initiating and discussions in a way that would be pleasing to God. So that's our admonition. That's our challenge. As in, uh, in some of you might have already started voting and early voting, and some of you will be going to the polls. All of us are inundated or at least seeing the voting process going on. So the message today is just to make us think again or remind us of how we should be aligned to Scripture over everything else and remind us as how to view things as we engage in this political spectrum that we're in. Don't forget we're Christians, and don't forget that the Bible talks about how we should be engaged and that we should be in prayer. And then finally, how that uh, we remember how we conduct ourselves. So just basically to get us in the right place, that our attitudes would be in the right place, that we would be prayerful. Things that we probably already know, things that we probably you may or may not already be doing, but it's just a time to remind us. Because we do want to be influenced, and we do want those around us to be in peace, and we do want them to come to the knowledge of the truth. Let's be standing together. Lord, in our message today, we find biblical truth. It's not, Lord, that we had to dig into the deep, deep levels of doctrine. But Lord, sometimes we, because we don't want to engage in the, in the discourse that is often unholy and argumentative, that sometimes, Lord, we want to just disengage from the whole process altogether. But Lord, based on this scripture, we're supposed to be in prayer for those that are in leadership. Father, we're supposed to be the salt and light in the earth, and here in the United States we have this opportunity to be and pick our leaders. So it seems, Lord, that it makes sense that we should be prayerfully considering praying for our leaders and engage in the process. Remind us, the Lord, as we go through these next few weeks and as we go through this election process, to remember that we belong to you if we trust in you. And if we're trusting in you, we need to be a light, salt and light to this earth and influence it. And that we would do our part in a prayerful way, that we would be in prayer. We'll think about when we complain, did we also pray? And Lord, that we might be an influence in our community. We might be an influence in our schools. Lord, there's so much that is coming in that leads to ungodliness. And, and there are also Christians, dear Lord, that seem to elevate patriotism and the Constitution above Scripture. But Lord, help us to be an influence that helps push the communities towards you. Dear Lord, it's a battle. It's a battle. We don't need to have equal time with evil. Dear Lord, we need to overcome it. And Father, we pray to Lord that we might be the kind of influences that we need to be, that we might be open to your guiding and your directing, and that you would help us, dear Lord, in this political and election season 
We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.